Welcome back, everyone, to episode number nine of Hot Takes Only, presented by the Hot Takes Network. We're doing things a little differently this episode. With the NHL playoffs kicking off on Wednesday night, we wanted to give followers ample opportunity to listen to our first round preview before the beginning of the action. I got the opportunity to sit down with HTN's own Isaac Carmichael for a detailed discussion about the first round matchups, including our picks for each series. It really is a great week for sports action with the College Basketball National Championship on Monday night, the end of the NBA regular season on Wednesday night, and the Masters teeing off on Thursday. We're hoping to have coverage of these events for you, but in the meantime, please enjoy the hockey talk as Isaac and I preview round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, with the NHL playoffs coming up this week, I'm very excited to welcome back recurring guest of the podcast, Hot Takes Network's own Isaac Carmichael. Isaac, welcome back to the podcast. How are you, man? Hey, Benny. Thanks for having me back here. It's been an exciting time around the National Hockey League. Obviously, the playoffs start April 10th, and uh, it's going to be an exciting one, I think, there, Benny. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I think we it, it's always a great time of the year for playoff hockey. The, uh, the crowds get super amped up. The players are, are into it. We've sort of had a couple teams who have been locked into their playoff positions for a little while now, just sort of going through the motions at the end of the season. So we'll see a lot of great matchups, a lot of teams who have maybe had a bit of uh, rest really coming out and, and going for it. Because at the end of the day, we've got 16 teams left who all want one goal in mind, to win Lord Stanley's mug. So I'm super excited to get into it with you. We're going to go series by series in the opening round. Uh, just sort of give our thoughts and our, uh, our preview as to how we think the series is going to go and, and maybe some, uh, some things to watch out for as you watch the games. So we're going to start in the Atlantic division. with uh, So what we have here, we have the Lightning, who could be the greatest regular season NHL team of all time. They, they were an absolute buzzsaw this year. They're taking on the, uh, the wild card team out of the Metropolitan Division, the Columbus Blue Jackets who uh, just secured their playoff spot this week. We've also got the, uh, the old rivalry, the Bruins and the Maple Leafs over here. So, Isaac, let's start with the, uh, the Lightning and the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Give me some of your initial thoughts on the series. Yeah, Benny, it, it, it's an interesting series for sure. I wish uh, Montreal sort of snuck in there, um, you know, another Canadian team, why not? But uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are not going to be, you know, an easy opponent. I know the, the season series was, I think, 17-3, uh, the Lightning outscoring the Blue Jackets, but obviously the Blue Jackets have improved since the trade deadline, uh, but they haven't really, you know, capitalized or executed with those. I've been kind of disappointed about the the acquisitions. Duchesne seems to be a guy that's been not up to his Duchesne standards, and we saw that in Ottawa as well when he came to the Senators. He started out very slowly with the Ottawa Senators. This might be another point, another uh, thing we're about to see for Duchesne and the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they barely snuck in. What I want to know here is they are 7-3 in the last 10 coming into the playoffs uh, on a high here, and they're 25-14-2 on the road. I always look at road records in the playoffs. Uh, for sure, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be a tough team to beat on the road, but the Columbus Blue Jackets have that road record to sort of give them some optimism, but I think the Lightning taking a five. I don't know what your thoughts are there, Benny. I, I really agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think ultimately for the Blue Jackets, Matt Duchesne is the X factor of this team. He's been waiting for an opportunity to sort of lead a team into a, a playoff charge, and he's, he's going to get it with his, uh, with his chance with the, the Jackets. I do think the Lightning are, are just a phenomenal hockey team. You watch them, and, and you can't figure out how they're going to, uh, to lose there. 
They're game in and game out. Just a, a phenomenal team from the offensive zone to the defensive zone and all the way to the crease. So I do think that this is a tough matchup for them. Columbus, as we know, went all in at the trade deadline, acquiring pieces uh, like Duchesne. And, and risking losing a lot of uh, their, their star pieces that they already had on the roster for nothing in the offseason in Panarin and Bobrovsky. Ultimately, I do think the Lightning have a little too much firepower for them. I, I think the Lightning, are, it's going to come down to uh, Andre Vasilevsky for me, one of the, uh, the best tenders in the league. I don't think they're going to have any issues with the offense. I think they're going to get their own. Uh, hopefully Vasilevsky can hold it down for the Lightning on the, uh, the back end, and I do see it happening. I like... I like your pick of Columbus getting a game in there. I do think that they have the skills and the firepower to be able to take one probably at home. But I think if, if you're going to have to go into uh, Tampa Bay and try to win, you know, maybe even a couple games, I, I think that's a recipe for uh, for disaster. So I like Tampa Bay coming out uh, hot, winning the first two at home, stealing one of the, uh, the two in Columbus and then putting the nail in the coffin in game five at home. And you know what there too, Benny, I think, we're really going to start to notice that Tampa Bay is not just a regular season team. And I say this because they have guys that historically have come up and shown up in the playoffs. And I know Victor Hedman has had some injury concerns later in, later in this, in the season, but they have other D men that step up in the playoffs. Two guys, notably Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough. Those guys are, are, you know, perfect for the playoffs. They get in front of every single shot. Uh, You know, they have some highlight reels of some of block shots they've had. Uh, they really are very good defensive to have in the in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to score on uh, with this uh, this Lightning team. I know they have a firepower offense, but that defense as well. Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi, they're going to be notable, I think, going down this playoff stretch. And it's going to start off in Series 1. For sure. You, you see an offense led by uh, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, and then Braden Point. And, and you can't help but figure they're, they're just going to be lighting the lamp all series. So it's going to be up to Columbus to, to sort of match them on the on the goal front. And with Vasilevsky and that great defensive core, I don't think they're going to be able to do it consistently enough to to really compete in a seven-game series. Maybe for one game, but I, I think that that even with Bobrovsky being a two-time Vesna Trophy winner, I, I just don't think that he he's going to be able to hold them, them in this series because, you know, he has had his struggles this year. Yeah, for sure. The one thing, another optimistic stat here for the Columbus Blue Jackets is that Tortsy has made them very disciplined. The Lightning have uh, the most power play goals on the season, and uh, taking penalties definitely won't help your cause. But if you can mitigate those power play opportunities, you're going to you know, keep yourself in games and you know, maybe, as we said here, steal one uh, at home at Nationwide. Definitely, for sure. I, I think holding down home, home ice and then pretty much beating the – or forcing the lightning to beat themselves is pretty much your only recipe for success here. Uh, but like you said, Tampa Bay three, and zero on the, uh, the year head to head. I don't know how many of those games were before or after the trade deadline, but still just, just ripping through Columbus. And, and I don't expect it to go much differently. I, I legitimately think that Tampa Bay might be uh, the greatest uh, NHL team of all time. And, and hopefully we get to see that in the, in the playoffs this year. For sure. I don't know if you could be called the greatest team of all time without winning the Cup. So the Tampa Bay Lightning definitely have, you know, after 62 wins, you still have a lot of pressure, uh, especially from your fan base. This is uh, this is very true. All right. So we both got the Lightning in five. Uh, there could be some great games in that. So don't write that series off. Definitely keep watching. And, and anytime you get to watch Tampa Bay play, it's an absolute pleasure to watch them play hockey. So definitely uh, take a look at that series. 
when you get the opportunity to. It's actually the opening game of the playoffs, Tampa Bay versus Columbus, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. So definitely check that one out. All right, we're going to go to the next series in the Atlantic. Uh, this one definitely pulls up my heartstrings as a Leafs fan. Uh, we got Toronto and we got Boston. So the classic rivalry that has, that has sort of respawned over the last couple of years uh, since Austin Matthews and, and company have, have made Toronto relevant again. Uh, Boston taking the season series three to one. You know, this has a different feel than last year, Isaac. I, I, I feel like Boston is, is just this juggernaut and the Leafs have sort of, sort of waltzed into the, uh, the playoffs, not looking great, a little sluggish. Uh, for me, it's hard to see a scenario where the Leafs come out of this on top. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be cheering my hardest. I just think Boston does everything that Toronto is, is going to struggle with. They're, they're physical. They get in the nitty-gritty areas. And, and I just think that uh, if Tuka Rask doesn't beat himself, I, I struggle to see Toronto competing. Benny, I don't want to, you know, uh, break your heart here. I got, ten, I got Boston winning in five or six. I think this series is totally moving the direction of the Boston Bruins. Like you said, this matchup fits perfectly with the Boston Bruins. This team is a team that plays tight. They play physical. Everything that the Leafs uh, don't want in an opponent, the Boston Bruins are. And what I'm really struggling with is the Toronto Maple Leafs down the stretch. This was a terrible way to end the season. I watched their game against Montreal. They looked sloppy. They, they didn't seem like they had that, that uh, you know, that motivation, that desire. And I know they've already clinched. And I know the – the game against Montreal didn't have any uh, standing implications, but, you know, they looked really bad against the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, the Boston Bruins, I think they match up so well against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs um, have not won a series against the Boston Bruins, of course, their last two playoff appearances there. And um, the Boston Bruins are coming in on, on such a high. They have finished off the season very well. And they, uh, you know, I think that they're going to coast in that second round. They, they're just too, they're too physical. And uh, I don't think the Leafs have that physicality component to them that uh, match up to that. You talk about how hot Boston has been going in. And we all remember that 19 game point streak they had from the end of January to, uh, to early March. A lot of people even forget that throughout that time, you know, David Pasternak missed a lot of, a lot of that, uh, that point streak right there. And so the fact that they were able to play so well without one of their best goal scorers and, and playmakers is is pretty remarkable and I I, I think they're they're a bit of a uh, bit of a buzzsaw the only chance that I see the Leafs having in in this series is, is Frederick Anderson needs to to basically stand on his head and, and steal you know two or maybe even three games and and I think uh, he hasn't had a great end of the season he's looked better he obviously didn't uh, the game against Montreal was not uh, was not great. But, well, uh, I, I don't put a lot of emphasis in, in, into that game against Montreal just because we were sitting a lot of our, our defensemen. Um, Riley and Gardner were really the only ones that were playing other than, than Rosen that should see you know, meaningful minutes in the playoffs. So I, I'm, I'm willing to write that game off. And, and so Anderson has looked good other than that one, sort of coming down the stretch. But he had a really rough uh, stretch before that. Hopefully we see the best Frederick Anderson because if he's not on, the Leafs have absolutely no chance in my opinion. But I, I think that I, – I was thinking about how to call this series and, and I feel like five games is a little too, too – it, it's too little in my opinion. I do think Toronto has the firepower if you look at the offense. If they're able to sneak a couple by uh, Tuka Rask and then hold it down on the defense, I think they can get two games. 
My problem is, is that similar to last year, I don't see the Leafs losing a game six at home. I think it's just going to be absolutely electric. I was fortunate enough to be at the, uh, at game six last year when, uh, when they won three, one, and, and it was just an incredible atmosphere that I don't see the, uh, the Leafs losing in, in game six at home. So, so then it becomes the, uh, the decision. Okay. Is it, is it five or, or seven when they go back to, uh, to TD gardens and, I don't know. I, I, I struggle to see five games, but I, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go with five games. I think the Bruins are just a bit of a buzzsaw and, and the Leafs have, uh, have really struggled coming down the stretch, not looking good. One thing that I, that I will say that I am excited about as a Leafs fan, uh, Jake Gardner coming back. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, I was not a Gardner fan uh, for most of this season, but we looked really, really bad without him. So I'm I'm excited and I'm 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 ready to turn the uh, turn the corner on, on Gardner and and call him you know one of one of our best defensemen. I wasn't sold earlier in the year, uh, but it's true he is a cornerstone cornerstone of our team and and I think he's going to be very important in our success. Hopefully, uh, on that uh, second defensive pairing with Zaitsev, he can he can sort of solidify that defense and and maybe we can steal a couple using our defense and our in our goalie. Yeah, and you know what, I, I agree with you. Five seems too small of a number for the Boston Bruins and Toronto Maple Leafs uh, playoff series, but I can't see it going seven. I, I can't see this series going seven. I think Boston finishes it off before having to go that way. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I think Jake Gardner coming back to the lineup, I think that was mostly to, you know, he's a big help uh, on the breakouts. You know, the, the Leafs play a stretch game. They play a, a long pass through the neutral zone. You need puck-moving defensemen to be able to execute that. And the Leafs, with the exception of Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner, do they have like a puck-moving defenseman that you would say could be, you know, like a, on a top line or a, a second unit there? Like, that's why I think Gardner played a, pivot, a pivotal role. Uh, he He's a puck-moving defenseman, and that complements the, the Leafs' uh, way of breaking out the puck. For sure. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that we do have some solid defensemen uh, back there, but I, I – don't think other than than uh, Riley and Gardner, we do have that puck moving defenseman. Uh, Callie Rosen definitely can be that sort of guy coming up. Uh, he's, he's played the last couple of games for the uh, for the big club, and and hopefully he gets a, a spot on the playoff club because I I really like watching him play. He's he's had a uh, a solid brief tenure with the uh, the Leafs, so hopefully he gets that opportunity and, and he can do things that sort of fit into what we're trying to do. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to change mine. I, I think it's going to be Boston in seven. I do think we take two games from them. So, uh, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my prediction on the series. John Tavares is going to have to have a, a monster series, in my opinion. And uh, we're going to have to have guys like uh, William Nylander sort of break the <laughs> uh, the playoff curse that, that has sort of fallen over them over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, but John Tavares is also another X factor. I think he's going to need to be the calming influence of, of, of this team. Cause let's not forget the Leafs are actually still pretty young. Uh, so, so he's going to need to really step up and, and play that, that sh- not only shut down uh, center role on the, on the defensive end, but also get the offense going with, uh, with Mitch Marner. Cause we've seen in the past where, where the offense has been a little one dimensional and we haven't gotten contributions from everyone in the playoffs. So I, I think that line, if that line is off, we've got no chance. But I, I think that Mitch Marner and John Tavares are really going to have to step up. And if you don't have depth and uh, up front for scoring, you know, you have one shutdown line in uh, the Patrice Bergeron line. If you can't score and you can only score with one line, it, it's not going to be fun for the Maple Leafs because Boston has that uh, 
that ability to shut down that top unit. So you got to make sure you get uh, scoring from three or four lines uh, over the series. For sure. I, I completely agree with, with what you said. All right. So that is our Atlantic division preview. Let's uh, let's head over to the other Eastern conference division, the, uh, the Metro. So we've got the, uh, the reigning Stanley cup champions, the Washington capitals ended up winning a really tight division battle. Uh, they only won the division by one point this year. So they get to take on the wildcard team from the same division, the Carolina Hurricanes. And then in the other matchup, we've got two teams that finished three points apart in the standings. The New York Islanders have home ice advantage over the always dangerous Pittsburgh Penguins. So let's start with the uh, the Capitals and the Canes. Isaac, give me your uh, give me your thoughts on this series. Uh, you know what? We've I seem very uh, you know pessimistic about these series is going long, and I'm going to continue that trend. I think the Capitals can can sweep the the Carolina Hurricanes. They had the series or the season sweep uh, this year, um, and they they dominated the Carolina Hurricanes, winning by you know five one and four one, I believe. Uh, they can win at home. They can win on the road uh, in Carolina. Carolina barely squeaked in there, but they have guys that can or that uh, that have been able to come up in the playoffs. Michael Furlan being one of those guys, he can change a series using his uh, his physical. Uh, his ways, but uh, as you saw with Calgary against Vancouver, but I think the Washington Capitals, uh, you know, they're historically, uh, you know, they historically collapsed in the playoffs, but I think after that, that uh, Stanley Cup final and that Stanley Cup last year, they have the confidence going into this year. It's a different mindset this year. It's not, let's knock it out in the first round. Uh, it's let's repeat. So they have a different mindset going in this year. Uh, they can prove that they can do this without Barry Trotz. And, uh, you know, they were, they have Ovi. And whenever you have a guy like Ovi, who's, uh, you know, an X factor in any series, if he can uh, explode offensively, that team's going to be dangerous. Definitely a great analysis, Isaac. I, I really, uh, really agree with a lot of the other uh, points you made. Uh, one of the, the things that I, that, that I struggle with for the, uh, the Capitals, and I do think the Capitals are a phenomenal team. They score at a, at a great rate. They gave up 249 goals this year, so definitely something to to watch out for. Uh, hopefully, if if you're a Capitals fan, we do see the Braden Holtby that we saw in the in the playoffs last year, who uh, who really you know you could make the argument that he that he won them that uh, that Stanley Cup. He he, he was incredible. Uh, so if there's anywhere to exploit for for Carolina, I, I think it's scoring early goals because we have seen Washington susceptible to uh, to giving up giving up goals this season. And, and I think you need to jump on them them quickly and, and early. But ultimately, I do think the Washington Capitals do have enough firepower to finish off the Hurricanes. It's been a great run for the Hurricanes. Really unexpected in, uh, in my opinion. But I do think that the, uh, the Capitals do win the series, probably in four or five games. Do you start McElhaney game one for Carolina? It's really interesting because Mrazek has has actually looked really uh, really good in in the uh, the 2019 calendar year. You look at his his save percentage, uh, 921, I think, uh, in in the calendar year, and and it's 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 tough to say. They've uh, they've got two capable goalies, and the nice thing is is that uh, in a seven game series, if if one goalie doesn't have it one night. Losing a game is never what you want to do, but because you have two solid goalies, you are able to make the switch halfway or not even halfway through a series, but early on in a series. And, and if a goalie gets on a roll, that's it. That's exactly what a team like Carolina needs. So I'm, I'm not sure who I, who I start. It, it'll be an interesting decision that Carolina has to, has to uh, decide on. 
Yeah, it's going to be you. You know what? We might very well see both goalies, depending on how the series goes. So uh, it could be an interesting uh, thing to look out for in that series. But I think the Capitals uh, move on to the second round. Interesting note for uh, for Carolina. We talked about them scoring goals. They've had a bit of difficulty, I, I would say, on the offensive end this year. They they've they've had phenomenal production from uh, Sebastian Ajo and uh, Tara Vinen this year, but after that. It's kind of a crapshoot as to as to who's going to score their uh, their goals. So if those two are off, I think I think Carolina's done with, and I, I think Washington rolls rolls them over. Yeah, I can see Carolina playing a very defensive game. They have a very good blue line: Dougie Hamilton, uh, Pesci, Justin Falk. They have a good blue line, and if, and I think you know based on Carolina's tendencies, especially on home ice, they're going to leverage that and play a defensive game and try to play a more pos- possession type of style uh but if you're doing that for for four games you're just going to be fighting with with fire and uh, when you do that you get burned so um you know the offense you have to be able to score goals you know defense is important in the playoffs but you still have to be able to score goals so you know carolina's definitely need to uh you know be able to uh, find some options offensively and find a way to get past hopia a couple of times uh every game with the high-powered offense of, of the Capitals, I don't think you can afford to sit back and, and let them come to you. I, I think you've got to try to try to at least take it to them, even if you maybe don't have the offensive firepower that they do. At the end of the day, I think in, in a series like this, sitting back is is just going to do you no good. So I think uh, I think coming at them and and really trying to force the issue is is Carolina's key to success. But I I, I do think Washington wins. Sort of similar to Tampa Bay, I think probably in five, Carolina maybe takes one at home because it is going to be an electric atmosphere. I don't know if you saw the video of them celebrating when they have the fans, that is, when they officially got into the playoffs. That was insane. So I I'm never, not super excited. I, I never expected that from a fan base in Carolina. So I was really happy to see that. Hockey's growing, man. It's uh, it's exciting. So I, I do think the uh, the crowd might be able to will Carolina to a win at home, but Washington comes back and and takes the uh, takes the series in Washington five games. That's my that's my official prediction, right there. All right, moving on to you know a, a really fascinating series. This one might be the most interesting series in the East. Uh, we have the New York Islanders home ice advantage against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Islanders putting up 103 points and the Pittsburgh uh, or Pittsburgh, a uh, hundred points in the Metro this year. Uh, season series was split right down the middle two one and one for both teams. Uh, pretty surprising that the New York Islanders are, are returning to the, uh, the Stanley cup, uh, playoffs finally, especially after losing John Tavares this season. Isaac, give me your thoughts on the series. I just have one question for you, Ben. I don't know if you the answer to this. Are they playing half the home games in Barclays uh, and half in uh, Nassau, or are they playing all at Barclays in the playoffs? Uh, so I have not seen anything about that yet. Um, if you give me your thoughts on the uh, the series, I'll, I, I'll look that up right now for us. Because if they're, if they're playing half, they're, I don't know if they're – I think they're playing all of them at Barclays, but you can correct me if I'm wrong there. But uh, if they play at Nassau, they can definitely get uh, – some firepower from the from the fans there. That uh, that place is uh, you know electric, uh, very um, you know nothing like the Barclays Center in my mind. I think the Nasu Coliseum would definitely favor the New York Islanders if they were to play there this series. But you have two different teams. You have the team of the defense, and you have the team of the firepower offense, and it's going to be interesting. You're playing against uh, the opposition strength here. The Islanders are going to play a defensive game again. Uh, Barry Trotz's defensive like system. They've only given up 
196 goals this season. They were very good defensively, very disciplined. They beat the Capitals. Again, can't really take the last game of the year too seriously because there were no – well, in this case, actually, there were because the Islanders only one play one point out. So they were fighting for the first place in the Metro, and they were able to defeat uh, the Caps 3-0. So they're able to – to mitigate those those high power offenses and limit them to one or two goals a game, if they can do that, they can ha- find success. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, that offense, three lines uh, centered by Crosby, Malkin, and Bookstad, that team is uh, you know it's so experienced in the playoffs as well. That's the thing that's going to be scaring the Islanders in my mind. But Barry Trotz was the coach for the Washington Capitals uh, last season, and they were able to defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, back in last year's playoffs. So Barry Trotz has some. Some, something to look at uh, going forward in this playoff series. But you're playing against an inexperienced New York Islanders team who sort of surprised people versus an experienced Pittsburgh Penguins team who seem to get it done in the playoffs uh, year in and year out. I think it's going to go seven games, but I think the experience for the Pittsburgh Penguins takes them over the hump there um, and, and wins uh, in six or seven games there. I think uh, that experience is huge for against a young Islanders team. So an interesting note with the Islanders home games Uh, for the first round, all Islanders home games will take place at the Nassau Coliseum. Should the team qualify for any further rounds of the playoff, any Islanders home games will take place at the Barclays center. So that's sort of interesting. So all games against the Penguins at home uh, potential for four of them will be played at the Nassau. Isaac, I I really like where you're coming from. I, I think that, uh, this is a, a classic battle of two teams that are very, very different. We've got the Islanders who, who are really strong defensively and, and play sort of a, a defensive game versus the offensive powerhouse that is the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ultimately, I see it coming down the, the same way that you do. I, I think that it does go seven games. I think both teams are able to impose their will a couple times throughout the, uh, the series each. And I, I completely agree with you. I, I think the Islanders get a little over overmatched in being an inexperienced team in Game 7, sort of similar to what we've seen uh, the Leafs in the past. And I, I do think sort of that old guard of, of Pittsburgh. I, I think it's it's 13 or 14 straight playoff seasons that they've had now. Uh, so I, I, I think they've got enough uh, playoff experience and, and clutch players that they will, they will, ro- they will uh, beat them, you know what, fairly handily, I think, in Game 7. So that's, that's my official prediction. Penguins in seven, just based on the offensive capabilities of the uh, the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun series. That's definitely the series to look out for in the East, uh, in my mind. It's it's definitely the most surprising series. I never w- would have expected the Islanders to play against the Penguins in the first round uh, as a second and third seeds in the Metro. But um, for sure, a series to watch in the East. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's... We've got the Islanders who only gave up 196 goals this year versus an offensive juggernaut in the Penguins who scored 273 goals this season. So definitely a uh, series to watch. I completely agree with you, uh, with the Isaac. Uh, both teams have a goal differential of 32 going into the playoffs, but got there very, very differently. So it's going to be the uh, it's going to be quite the battle. I'm I'm really looking forward uh, to this series. Game one goes Wednesday night. 7.30 Eastern, so a bit of an overlap with, uh, with some other games, but really excited for this series. We'll, uh, we'll be interesting to see Pittsburgh, especially sort of having a bit of a, a, bit of a down year, I would say. Uh, I, I expect them to come out guns ablaze and in the playoffs, though. Penguins in seven. 
All right. That's uh, that's it for the East. We've uh, we've given our predictions. So I think Isaac and I are pretty much on the uh, the same page. It's going to be fairly chalky. Uh, well, other than the other than the Islanders and the uh, the Penguins. Uh, so we've got the Lightning going through to face the Bruins in the second round, and then the Capitals playing the the Penguins. So two phenomenal second round series. If we end up getting those Caps Penguins, always a always a good time. Let's always move on. Over. Uh, absolutely, man. Let's move on over to the Western Conference now. We're going to go Central Division. So we've got the Nashville Predators ended up taking the Central Division by one point over both the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues. They are going to be taking on uh, the first wildcard team from their own division, the Central, the Dallas Stars. And as, as you can guess, the other matchup, we've got the Jets and the Blues, both teams with 99 points. Should be a phenomenal series. Very excited for that one. But Isaac, let's start with the, uh, the Predators and the Stars. Who wins and how many games? The West is so competitive. Each series, uh, with maybe the exception to one, is, is you know, like I can see them going six or seven games. Very, uh, you know, different from the, the East where we, you know, seem to uh, have, have uh, predicted some early exits there. But I'm going to go with an unpopular pick in the first series. Uh, I think most people are thinking National Predators are going to win this series. I don't know if it's going to be black and white National Predators there, Benny. Your two teams here, the National Predators and the, the Dallas Stars, the season series um, was uh, what I believe was six points to six points. I can't uh, – I, I kind of forgot that number there. But the season series, I believe, the National Predators went 2-1-1 one, and one, uh, and the, the Dallas Stars went 1-1-2. One, one, and two. So I believe the point totals were equivalent – uh, so actually, no, I actually remembered it now. It's Nashville went three and two and Dallas went two, one and two. So they each got six points in the season series. And two of those games were determined uh, via three on three overtime in which Nashville won both of them. Interesting statistics, uh, st- statistics here. Sorry, Benny was remember when we were talking about the trade deadline, we we're talking about the Nashville players, their playoff or the power play woes and also their even strength uh, dominance uh, up to that point. Their power play has not gotten any better since the trade deadline. Now they're even 31st ranked in the NHL. An interesting stat here against the Dallas Stars, they were 1-for-16 in those five games via the man advantage. Definitely something that uh, worries uh, the Nashville folks there, in, in my mind. And you also look at uh, the the goal differential. The On 5-on-5, five five, the Dallas Stars outscored the Nashville Predators in those five games 12-11. And I know it's just by one goal, but when the Nashville Predators take pride in their five-on-five play, I think you're worried. This isn't going to be an easy series by any means for the National Predators. You have a team that seems to have their number. Uh, they're able to win both at Bridgestone and at home against National Predators. And the points, six and six, and two of those determined through three-on-three overtime. You're not getting three-on-three overtime in the playoffs. It's all five-on-five. And Dallas Stars, you know, seem favorable in that matchup with that 12-11 there, uh, goal differential. And the Dallas Stars are that defensive team they play exactly the same as national predators on the road they're going to play one three one defense uh the trap game they're going to play very defensively it's going to be probably the more boring series if you like goals take the under every game benny this this is going to be a very uh tight series and the goal lines are also going to be you know i can see two one three two games across the board i might even go dallas in seven games but i think this game the series goes six or seven but dallas is going to give them a good run 
Interesting note with this series. Uh, they did meet, as you said, five times throughout the season. There were actually some real reverse splits when it came to home and away. The home team actually only won one of the games. That was Nashville getting one of the uh, one of the W's. The other four games were won by the visiting team. So maybe home ice advantage isn't really a thing in this series. I do think that Nashville absolutely steps it up in the playoffs when it comes to their fans. Absolutely electric atmosphere. Dallas, I, I think, will as well. Uh, it, it's interesting to sort of see how Dallas has has built themselves up over over the season after you had the call out of, of Jamie Benn and, and Tyler Sagan. And, and then they sort of went on a bit of a push and, and now they're in the, uh, the playoffs. I do agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a really solid series. Uh, the power play note is is interesting when when we think about Nashville struggling on, on the power play. In the playoffs in the NHL, whistles tighten up. You might not get the uh, the power play opportunities that you do other or, uh, during the regular season. So maybe that won't be as big an issue for uh, for Nashville. Ultimately, they they were able to still win the division, even if it was only by a, a fingernail in the in the grand scheme of things, even with the poor power play. But I, I do think that Nashville uh, won't be too impacted by their poor power play just because I don't think they're going to get as many in the playoffs. I do like what you were saying about the the tight series. I do think it's going to be very low scoring. Love the under tips for sure. And in games like that, I, I think it's only, you know, one bounce here, one bounce there. So I do think that it is going to go seven games. I, I think both teams are going to get enough bounces to take enough games off of each other. I think Nashville gets the job done at home in game seven. I think the experience is there. They're, they're a really solid defensive team, and I, I, I think they do get the job done. So Nashville in seven is my official prediction. Yeah, no, that's those are fair points there, Benny. I, I think when you look at a number one seed versus a, a wild card seed, you typically think, you know, four or five games, the number one seed. This isn't a – I don't think this is a number one seed versus a wild card seed uh, type of matchup. This is going to be a very tight series, uh, as we've we both sort of predicted here. Um, and, you know, Dallas was a team that was supposed to take one of the three central spots uh, – and they are 6-3-1 and one heading into the, the playoffs. So they're feeling good about themselves. They fought hard. They got a wild card spot. But Nashville, 7-2-1 in the last 10. It's not like they've been slumping by any means. It's going to be a very close series, one that you have to keep an eye on, and one you can't overlook uh, based on the seeding. Other than the New York Islanders that we just talked about, these two teams did give up the fewest goals in, in the National Hockey League over the over the season. The Stars, a, a meager 202 goals against, and, and the Predators, uh, 214. So definitely should be a great defensive battle. I don't know about you, Isaac. Uh, I, I really like watching defensive hockey. I, I think it's it's exciting. It might not be exciting as, let's say, you know, an 8-7 uh, overtime thriller, but I, I do like the intensity of it, and and I expect that to continue throughout this series, for sure. And you you mentioned that uh, you know the the calls tighten up, they let a little bit more go. There's less power play opportunities, so I see where you're coming from from the aspect of you know the power play doesn't need to be uh, or might not be as much of a factor than in the regular season. But in those low scoring games, you talk about bounces, you know. A power play here or there might be that bounce that uh, juggernauts the Dallas Stars to steal a couple games, uh, which will help them, you know, prolong this series. You know, not capitalizing or capitalizing on a power play in a low-scoring series could be a, a an X factor. So, you know, it can go both ways where a power play can win you or it might not even be a factor just because, you know, the less power play opportunities. But I think still that that power play percentage could 
hurt them in the long run. Uh, we could see that depending on if they can uh, capitalize in those big moments. All fair points. I, 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 I like that for sure. I, it could come down to a bounce like a power play for sure. And if Nashville can't capitalize because of their poor power play, who knows? The, uh, the second series in this division, I am super amped up for. We've got the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues both finishing with 99 points on the year. Winnipeg coming in pretty much ice cold. They've been a 500 team for, for a lot of the second half of, of the year. And the St. Louis Blues on the completely other end of the spectrum, riding a, a super high wave after a really poor start to the season. I believe at one point in 2019, they were actually – uh, the worst team in the league at some point. And they've, they managed to battle their way back all the way to the, the playoffs, 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 games. Isaac, what do you think, man, Jets or Blues? Oh, I really hope this isn't like a sweep or like a five-game series. This is the most anticipated series of the first round, in my opinion. I, I am so excited for this series. Uh, you look at the season series stats, they're definitely uh, ones that aren't um, – you know, indicative of how close these two teams are. Um, I think you go forward and you look at the, the Winnipeg Jets, I think won the season series 3-1. Am I right there, Benny? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. but I believe it was 3-1 there, but they were all before 2019, before the St. Louis Blues really went on that tear. Uh, and I think the St. Louis Blues for sure are a team that uh, will surprise people. Jordan Bingington, if he can – this is the biggest X factor here. Jordan Bingington, gets, he's going to get the starting role – and, you know, he's coming up in a big spot. He's, this is his rookie season. But you've seen these guys like Matt Murray uh, who have come up big as a rookie in the playoffs. And this could be another, another time where fans are seeing something like this where a rookie goaltender absolutely takes over a series. But the Winnipeg Jets, yeah, they're slow coming into the playoffs. The St. Louis Blues coming in hot and not for just like 10 games, for an extended period of time for since 2019, quite frankly. Um so it's going to be an exciting series. I honestly think that uh, the whiteout in Winnipeg, uh, you know, that home ice advantage is so important for Winnipeg. They take it in seven because of that, that fan base in Winnipeg. Just want to give a, a quick shout out to Jordan Bennington, who won me a fantasy hockey league this year. Very exciting. I, I appreciate it. Uh, won me a couple a bit of cash there for sure. So thank you, Jordan Bennington. Uh, but I, I agree. He could definitely definitely steal a series for the Blues. They, they've been a, a really solid team since he's gotten himself back there. Ultimately, I, I do agree with you, though. I, I think the Jets do have enough firepower if, if you look at guys like Blake Wheeler and, and Patrick Laine, even though Laine, you know, hasn't had a great season, I would say. Uh, I, I do think they have enough offensive capabilities and then, then on the back end as well, they can do enough to get by the blues. And, and as you said, yeah, the whiteout in Winnipeg is, is just unreal. And, and when you're going to have to go play four games there, likely, I, I think that it's just going to be too much for the, uh, the blues to overcome, especially uh, with, uh, yeah, I, I, even though they've had a really strong end of the year, I, I just don't think that, that they have, uh, they have enough to get by the jets. I think jets in seven, the Blues are going to be a popular pick here, and for good reason. They're playing really good hockey. The Jets are not. Um, I, I just think the Jets, having been in the been in, in this situation before uh, in in the playoffs, I, I think they do enough to uh, to get by. Uh, I I think it's going to be whoever drops the first home game might lose the series. Both teams very good. Uh, on home ice and uh, Winnipeg 22 and 19 this season on the road, the St. Louis blues 21 and 20 on the road, this, uh, this campaign. So 
Both of them above 500, but aren't really that uh, notable on the road. They're very notable on uh, home ice. So I think if you can hold down your fort on home ice, whoever's going to be doing that the best will win this uh, series. I like that for sure. All right. So we've, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating series. I think you ended up taking the blues, right? And I took the jets. No, I took the jets and seven. I think because the the MTS center. All right, for sure. So we we both got Jets in seven, and then the uh, the Preds uh, also in a, in a tight series as well. So the uh, the Central is definitely one to look out for. It's starting to become an absolute powerhouse of a of a division. Definitely some great rivalries that have been building in there. Uh, so look forward to some really great series in there. Jets Blues kicks off on Wednesday night, eight p.m. Eastern time. So definitely don't want to miss that one. Should be some phenomenal hockey. Isaac, we're going to the uh, the last division. I know this is uh, your favorite as a as a Flames fan. So we've got the, uh, the Calgary Flames, the Western Conference winning Calgary Flames this uh, this season. Very exciting. Yes. Uh, they they are taking on the second wild card team from the Central Division, the Colorado Avalanche, and then we've also got the uh, the Sharks and last year's Golden Team, the Golden Knights. Uh, so definitely an exciting division here, Isaac. We're going to start with uh, your Flames and the Avalanche. Give me your thoughts. It's it's totally biased, Betty. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't I can't analyze this without being without being biased in any way. I, Calgary takes in four. Uh, so you know I, you know in all honesty, I think they can take in four and five. I, they swept the season series. Colorado has had injury questions with regards to. Uh, Rantanen and Landeskog, who's just come back from injury. Quite frankly, in my mind, offensively, Colorado can only really score that uh, that top line on a consistent basis. And Calgary down the stretch, uh, you know, they've been seeing some production from their from their support roles. Manjapane on on the fourth line, he's starting to score goals. Uh, there was a stretch there; he was putting up points uh, in consecutive games. That's very promising. There, uh, the only question mark I have is is Goudreau isn't really a playoff type of player. Um, he doesn't have the grit in my mind. He, he needs to be able to overcome the, the refs, uh, you know, lenience on, on, um, on discipline, uh, going forward in the playoffs. I don't like his attitude in terms of complaining about slashing calls and complaining about, um, some of the things to referees that sort of worries me, uh, especially in the playoffs when you're not going to get those calls all the time, because they're going to let a lot more go. Uh, and the top line for Calgary down the stretch hasn't been the best. Uh, the biggest question mark, though, for Calgary is their goaltending. I think we're going to be able to get our fair dose of both Mike Smith and David Riddick. Um, but if their goaltending holds up, I can see this series being fairly uh, easy for the Calgary Flames, uh, a nice five- or six-game series. Um, but I don't know what your thoughts are there, Benny, but uh, am I a little biased there, or what are your thoughts? I don't think you're you're too biased there. I, I think Calgary definitely has the ability to to run away with this series. Uh, you look at at the offense led by Gaudreau, Monahan, Lindholm, Kachuk. Definitely, they have the offensive firepower there for sure. And then on the back end, you've got, in my opinion, a, a Norris candidate in Mark Giordano. Guy might actually win the thing. And and I I just think that that top to bottom, the goaltending can be a little suspect, but I do think that they're top to bottom a better team. Then the Avalanche, again, like you sort of alluded to, if you can shut down the first line of the Avalanche, they don't actually have a lot else. Uh, Landeskog and Rantanen definitely have been dealing with injuries. Uh, McKinnon is going to have to 
pretty much take this series over in my opinion. And for, for the avalanche to have any, any chance, I think the avalanche do take one at home, similar to some of the other series that we've talked about, but I think Calgary gets back on home ice and then wins in five games. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just being at the Pepsi center with a high altitude, I think it's going to play an advantage in one of those games. I thinking like game three, when Calgary comes from Calgary to Colorado, they might uh, lose some gas late in that third period, uh, which might help the uh, Avalanche win that game three. So that's my prediction. Four uh, one the series, and Avalanche win game three. Definitely a, a good a good pick for sure. I, I I didn't actually think about the uh, the altitude, but definitely could play an impact in the series. Luckily for Calgary, they only have to win the games at home in order to win the series, yep. which has uh, which has been. It's going to be electric. It's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere there, I think. And and I'm excited. It's uh, definitely a team that I don't know if you thought as a fan going into the season that they were going to have this type of success, but I, I personally did not see it. So it, it's exciting to have a, a strong Canadian team in the uh, in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I saw them playing San Jose uh, as a third spot in the Pacific. So I definitely didn't see this coming. It's definitely been a roller coaster for me either. And the Flames are 26 and 15 at home if you take into consideration, you know, the overtime losses. So um, definitely a good team on home ice. So, yeah, your only real ask here is to win, uh, you know, your home games. And if you can win on the road, that's definitely a bonus. All right. We're going to go to the last series now. We've got the San Jose Sharks against uh, last year's surprise team, the Vegas Golden Knights. The Sharks putting up 101 points. The Golden Knights 93 this year. Both teams sort of limping into the playoffs here. They've uh, they haven't had great stretches uh, coming in, but ultimately it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Isaac, as a fan of this division, give me your thoughts on this matchup here: the Sharks and the Golden Knights. It's tough. I'm not gonna lie. I, I uh, this one's gonna be tough. I believe the season series was either split uh, between the Vegas and San Jose. Uh, where San Jose, or Vegas took them pretty heavily. I believe they beat them 6-1 and 7-2, or 6-2 and 7-2 in, in their victories. Uh, San Jose may have taken uh, three of the five. I, I can't remember quite exactly, but uh, it's a cool series. It's a tight one. It's going to be a, a grind. I think these two teams are going to wear each other down before the second round. Uh, two different trends going. Uh, the San Jose Sharks we're on the, the, the decline coming into the playoffs, uh, giving up goals early on in the first period on a consistent basis, always playing from behind. Meanwhile, the Vegas School Knights, Mark Stone's been a huge acquisition at that trade deadline. He's definitely fit into that system very well. And they were picking up a, a head of steam after that trade deadline, winning uh, a lot uh, down the stretch. They kind of slowed down a little bit before the end of, uh, of the regular season, but nothing to be uh, concerned about by any means. But San Jose... Eric Carlson, I believe they mentioned that he will be back for the playoffs. Uh, so it could be a battle of the Ottawa acquisitions of the trade deadline. Both players have the ability to uh, impact the series in a, in a big way. Um, so my concern, though, is San Jose's uh, – their play of late in March and April have been uh, disappointing by San Jose standards. And Martin Jones in, in that uh, – in the crease there, oh, he's been a big question mark, inconsistent by uh, – by any means going forward uh, in 2019. So um, it's a, there's a lot of question marks in this series, but I think it's going to be a tight one and they're going to wear each other down. It's going to be a good divisional rivalry. Uh, I think it's going to go six or seven games. I think Vegas takes it in seven. That's my uh, prediction there. 
That is a that is a hot take, and that's what we like to uh, spit on the Hot Takes Network and the Hot Takes Only podcast for sure. Like you said, the Sharks have, have sort of been limping into the uh, the playoffs. They're they're barely banged up. Uh, Eric Carlson, we we'll see what we get out of him. And like you said as well, they, they've just been giving up a lot of early goals, and and I don't think they can do that against a team like the Golden Knights. Uh, Timo Meyer, he's also had a, a recent injury that that might be a, might be a hindrance to the uh, the Sharks team. So we don't really know what we're going to get out of the uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, or sorry, the Sharks roster. I think the Golden Knights have the ability to to take advantage of that, and the Golden Knights have actually played the Sharks really well since since they've become a team. So definitely something to uh, to watch out. Uh, ultimately, the Knights are going to have to take at least one game in the Shark Tank if they want to win. I'm not sure that I see it happening. I, I think the the Sharks, even though they've been dealing with some injuries, do have enough firepower that they will be able to to take advantage of uh, a worse team, in my opinion, like the the Golden Knights. Mark Stone has been incredible uh, going going in there. But I do think the Sharks have enough to uh, to get by, probably in seven games. So that's my that's my prediction. Sharks in seven, great series. You should definitely check that one out. Uh, game one goes on Wednesday night, ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. Whew, that's a late one. We'll uh, we'll have to see if I if I watch that one. But definitely uh, try to watch as much of the series as you can because it is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. I think you know you look at Vegas, two hundred twenty five goals against versus San Jose's. 261 goals against and I'm such an advocate for defense wins championships especially in the playoffs Marc-Andre Fleury coming off of injury can he be uh you know a a steal or uh you know being can he be a a, you know very solid in between the pipes that's what I was trying to get to there um that's a big x factor as well for Vegas so you know they don't have the best defense they don't have the best blue line they don't have any big names on the blue line uh, so Flower needs to be solid, and their offense needs to produce. But I don't think Vegas is going to have a tough time scoring on the Sharks because San Jose gives up their fair share of goals. I think their biggest issue will be be able to uh, you know withstand and fight off uh, a strong San Jose offense. Uh, in my mind, they have a lot of offensive defensemen, Brett Burns, Eric Carlson. But uh, I think Vegas is uh, you know it's going to be a tight series, and I, I really hope Vegas. Uh, bites this one out. Uh, I just don't personally like San Jose anyways, but I think Vegas, uh, <laughs> if Fleury can stay on his head and um, they can find a way to get uh, a couple goals, which they have been in the season series, I think, you know, game seven's come down to game seven in my in my mind. So if they can win on the road in game seven, that's going to be their biggest challenge. Yeah, Flower is definitely going to need to to steal one or two games for the, the Golden Knights because, like you said, I, th- I think the Sharks are, are a bit of a wagon offensively. They, they score a ton of goals. So I, I think that they're definitely going to need a, a strong presence back there. Like you said, the defensive core isn't maybe as strong as you would like it to be. So Flower is definitely going to have to step up and, and do some thing, big things for this, uh, this club. All right, everyone, there's our first round prediction. Uh, it, it's going to be a great time of the year. And, and I, I really like playoff hockey. It's, it's always electric. The atmosphere is incredible. The, the games are always phenomenal, so intense. Uh, there's just a lot of hype around them and, and, and the hype always, always lives up. So Isaac, I want to thank you for coming on the hot takes only podcast today to give, uh, give your thoughts on the opening round. Uh, any last thoughts? Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on again, Benny. Uh, I'll see you in round two. We'll, uh, we'll have to just see how our picks go uh, over the next coming weeks. Hopefully uh, we're pretty accurate with our analysis.
Oh, yeah. Always. And we give the same disclaimer for any picks we give. Zero liability whatsoever. You are doing this at your own risk. So, no, Isaac and I, uh, we, yeah, we're, we're going to do our best. Hopefully, uh, hopefully our, our picks do uh, do come true, except for the Leafs. Hopefully the Leafs do beat the Bruins. Uh, but, yes, Isaac, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoy uh, you enjoyed this segment. And uh, we look forward to uh, coming back for round two.